Hey, everybody's C note here. Ugh, oh, ugh, words. <laughs> I'm not re recording that. Welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Mega Man destroying bosses from the beginning of time. I don't, I didn't think that one out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> welcome to day four of the MBTI uh, week where we're talking about and sharing segments from the Myers Briggs course that I have coming up that that is premiering tomorrow. You can get the beta uh, for it now, which has most of the content on there, at least half of the content on there. It's going to be 35 segments of stuff. Today, we're going to talk about using typology as a tool, how you can use typology to influence or better understand your trajectory for your career, relationships, and parenting. And um, those are three things that people find pretty important in their lives. So I think it's uh, uh, pretty important to cover that. In the advanced course, we're going to go into more detail on each, but this is kind of an overview. So um, definitely check out the course. Uh, There's some free chapters on there, as well as this entire week is free, free segments of the course uh, and everything that I know about Myers-Briggs to help you guys understand and utilize it in your life in ways that uh, can can improve you, you know, and, and make you uh, better understand your personality type and give you a better sense of direction because it's helped me. And that's why I do this for other people. So, um, so yeah, up we've, uh, next up, we've got typology as a tool. Uh, be sure to go check out the course, cnote.media, $49 until tomorrow. So Friday is the last day that it's going to be at $49 in the beta. And then um, from there, it's going to be $99 after Friday. So go get it now while you can. If you have any interest in Myers-Briggs, this is going to be a very, very comprehensive, uh, comprehensive um, breakdown of everything that I know about Myers-Briggs, not including cognitive functions, but some of cognitive functions. And then we're going to go into that in more detail in another time. So uh, without further ado, let's hit the button and do the thing. Drums, Okay, so, <clears throat> oh man, I, I need a drink of water more than I thought. <laughs> so, we've gone through a lot of stuff so far, and I'm glad you're here with me, which is great. Um, this is a, a breakdown of of everything that is really in my brain about this stuff. <laughs> um, again, the advanced course is going to go into a lot more detail, but uh, you're getting a lot for what this is. And now that we've explored the dichotomies of each type of the functions, we can better take the time to break down why we're even doing this to begin with, why I'm doing this, why you're doing this. And that is because we can use typology as a tool People have used Myers-Briggs, they've used other types of typology as a means to understand themselves, understand each other, understand uh, a career path, or how you should approach your relationships or your parenting style, things like that, to really think about how everything that they've done in their life up to this point either fits within their type or doesn't. And... 
you know, some people are a little bit scared about learning their type because they're afraid that they're going to be put into a box. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It's really about freeing you from the preconceived notions of the outside world. It's about freeing you from the idea that you can only be this or you can only be that. Whereas understanding your type could open up a whole new world of possibilities for you in terms of your career, people you could connect with, and how to be a better father or mother. You know, so I, I want to talk about specifically using type as a tool for career relationships and parenting. And on the advanced course, I'm going to go into each of these within detail, but this is going to be more of an overview for this course. So the idea here is to think about think about your reasons for why you even want to do this to begin with. Like, why, why are you here? Why are you listening to this? Are you having trouble with your personal development? Are you having trouble with your career? Are you having trouble with your relationships or your parenting? Um, you know, is it something that has been a roadblock for you? Have you had consistent issues in your life and you don't know where to go from here? You know, that, that first part about, being honest with yourself is going to allow you to do the correct research to do to to understand what you're going to get out of this course and decide whether or not you're going to you know get involved in any of my other courses but whether or not you're going to get a coach or go see a therapist or go to a, a get an agent <laughs> you know um, and maybe you have always felt a little bit inept at peopling and, you know, understanding that you're an ITP or an ISTP um, might give you a better sense of, of realizing you need a partner to help you with peopling a little bit better. Or maybe that being in the public eye is not, doesn't feel natural to you and you've been trying to push yourself to be something that you're not. You know, I recently spoke to an ISTP about that, and um, hopefully she's listening because she said she would buy this course. <laughs> and um, um, she was telling me that she had tested in the past as like an ESTJ, which is so far away from an ISTP where she ended up uh, understanding herself as. But she used to work in the restaurant industry, and she used to uh, basically push herself to be more of an extrovert and to make more decisions and to kind of be, you know, to be, to be a certain type of person in a certain type of environment. And the thing to think about when it comes to typology is how these skills transfer to different areas of life. So again, you can be an ISTP and be a bit of a people person, but again, it kind of depends on the context. Like you can be a bit more of a people person in person or in a business context or maybe within your relationship, you can feel like you can be a little bit more extroverted, but, um, you know, it doesn't apply to every other scenario. You know, it's going to take work to develop those skills in other areas as well. So again, understanding typology can understand where to go when you're having career issues. So for me, I've been making this big career shift, which is, it's been hard. Uh, most of my life, you know, my dad is a sales guy and I've been influenced by him. I've been influenced by my, the worldview that I have about, you know, how people look at me weird because I'm an INTP, I'm an introvert. I have, I'm weird and playful, but I'm also an objective thinker that can be a little bit rude sometimes. And I'm, you know, 
not really concerned with like showing off time scheduling or anything like that. So it's, it's, um, I haven't really fit into the cliche worldview. And I, I mentioned on a previous segment that if America was a type that most likely be an ESFJ, well, I'm an INTP. I am the opposite of that. And, and, and that comes with this feeling of feeling isolated, of feeling like I don't belong into something that I can't connect, uh, with people because of my personality type. And I didn't understand my personality type at the time, but if I felt like I understood it as a kid, I would be able to lead into my strengths as opposed to trying to fit into something that I'm not. Because again, we get brought into this concept of career. Like you have to get a job, you have to do this, you have to do that. And we are influenced by our parents. This is very important also for specifically for immigrants, people who come from other parts of the world who a lot of immigrant parents, you know, they come to the U the United States and first-generation kids are very influenced to be a certain way. They're very much influenced to, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a lawyer, you need to be successful in the way that their parents want them to be successful, in the perception of success. But these kids end up, you know, sometimes they do naturally gravitate towards that. Sometimes they push and pull and go the other direction. For me, I'm not, I'm first generation, but my parents are from Puerto Rico, so it's a little, you know, uh, it's not exactly like someone coming from India or something like that, but it's still a different culture, and I'm first generation in that sense, if you go by that criteria. So I don't have, I've, I've, I've gotten that same kind of pressure, so I understand that. And, um, you know, my parents have fed me this, you're going to be a success, you're going to be, a, you're going to be big, people are going to know you, things like that. And as I start to understand my personality type and feel like it resonates with me and gives me a sense of relief, I've been making a career shift that is, that is pulling away from what I feel like I've been striving towards my entire life and continuing to fail at, which is being a little bit more publicly known and being open to people more and helping people. And that is not my natural strength. My natural strength is more of what I'm doing now, which is creating courses for people to talk about personality type or to talk about, um, you know, logical things or discuss subjectivity of the nature of humanity. I, I talk about mental health on my mental health podcast called Dopamine and doing all of that stuff, talking about concepts and helping people indirectly in that way feels so natural to me. If I can find a way to make these courses profitable, like this would be my life because <laughs> I love doing this. This feels great. I love thinking about these topics. I love being able to discuss them and I don't have to talk to someone. I'm talking to you because you're listening to this, but I'm not in a room with someone talking to them, being distracted by their facial expressions or little ticks or worrying about my facial expressions or worrying about how I look to them or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to think about anything. I just have to focus on the information. And that for me feels so damn good. So that has helped me with my focus in my career. And then the ISTP friend that I was talking about that I had a recent conversation with, she started doing writing and she's starting to do things that are again, a little bit more focused on, you know, she's, she focuses on like health and wellness. And I gave her the advice to focus a little bit more on 
the detailed nature of her topic because she has the ability as also being an introverted thinker to be able to dive into detail on these topics that other people might not you know be willing to go into or or talk about so again for introverted thinkers at least you know we need to dive into our unique individuality when it comes to like an extroverted feeler for example if you're an ENFJ you're going to want to to go into a career that feels like you can be supportive to other people and you can they can support you as well you might be like you know more of a wedding coordinator or something that has to navigate well the and and naturally the connections between people and gathering people into the same space and doing the same thing. There was, um, we went to like a 4th of July thing, um, the day before yesterday. And there was, um, I met um, one of Molly's friends. She's an ENFJ and I could tell because she was very much adaptable, but it was adaptable in a sense of like not wanting to stick out negatively, but also was just like very concerned with making sure that everyone's needs were met and that she was, and, and making sure that other people were happy is what made her happy. Whereas with me being the essentially the opposite in INTP, <clears throat> if my individual needs are not met, I'm not happy. So, you know, it's very different for different people, and that's the point. So, like, an ENFJ, again, might be more of a wedding coordinator or a planner or something that would involve coordinating people and making sure that people are happy within that thing. An INTP is going to likely go into a career that involves more informational and objective, objective um, uh, knowledge and you know philosophy, things like that. Um, so consider your personality type, especially the when you get into cognitive functions, when you check out the cognitive functions course, and um, there's going to be an intro to cognitive functions in a few segments, that you understand that, that understanding your dominant strengths will allow you to move in the direction that feels the most natural to you. You're basically setting yourself up for success because really success is, is doing what we can to increase the odds of getting to the place that we want to get to in life. And by understanding your personality type, you're continuing to increase those odds. So to, to transition into relationships, it's the same thing. However, with relationships, you you can't necessarily just say that this type is not going to be compatible with me because they're this type. I could have a relationship with an ENFJ, but I need to understand that her needs are her needs and my needs are my needs. And we need to communicate what those things are. So when you think about Myers-Briggs when it comes to relationships, especially for someone who is who is actively dating right now, do not use Myers-Briggs types as a means to eliminate people from the pool of, of possibilities. Like you can't look at someone's dating profile and see that it says INFJ and you're like, oh, they're crazy, you know, and uh, that's no, that's not healthy to, to take that approach. Because again, and something I'll go into in the next segment, everyone has different perceptions and different experiences based on their maturity level, their upbringing, and the culture that they're surrounded by. So when it comes to all of this, all of this stuff, you know, your experience with an INFJ who was bad for you in your past might not be the same experience this time. It's not going to be a situation where it's not going to be the same exact person, even though it's a similar personality type. 
And I'm sure by now you might have a better understanding of who you are as a person. So you'll be able to, to better understand how your type relates to that type because you're taking this course and you're going to understand, you're going to understand a little bit more and be maybe be a little bit more open to different types of people. So again, there's, there's no, there's no absolutely clear incompatibility based on type. There are going to be different kinds of challenges for different types. You know, an ESTP is going to be loud and outspoken and make a lot of logical assertions, uh, pretty quickly and and say some pretty terrible things sometimes. ESTPs can be um, very outgoing. They can be very um, and a little bit harsh sometimes and a little bit difficult for some people to, under- to tolerate. So a INFP, for example, might see an ESTP as inauthentic and a little bit difficult to deal with. But again, that is based on the caricature of those types. So the individual is the important thing to think about and to consider because an INFP absolutely can fall in love with an ESTP and vice versa. You just got to give yourself the room to explore these people and understand more about who they are and give a little bit of forgiveness for some aspects of their personality because this is naturally who they are. But again, it's also not an excuse to stick with a relationship if it's not worth it working for you. You know, you can use... Basically, what I think Myers-Briggs is the most useful for in regards to relationships is strengthening a good relationship and working towards mending a relationship that has a couple of, of, of little issues in it. But again, with relationships, and if you're using Myers-Briggs to strengthen a relationship, it takes both people. So it's like it's kind of the same as like asking your partner to go to therapy. If they don't want to go to therapy and improve the relationship, that might be a sign that the relationship is ending. That, um, or I, I like to use the term that the relationship is completing. Uh, that's something that was introduced to me with Personality Hacker, and I like that a lot. You, you're going to com- complete the relationship. It's a little bit more of a positive spin on it. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> um, so the general idea there is that you can use Myers-Briggs personality typing if both of you kind of have an understanding of it to strengthen your relationship and literally speak in those terms. Like Molly and I, we both speak about our introverted feeling and introverted thinking. And, you know, when I can identify when she's in a a certain mode and when I'm in a certain mode and how I behave, um, you know, we had a situation recently that same night, the uh, two nights ago, where I was very much in extroverted intuition mode and I felt like I was kind of starved of it. Like I, I really, really needed it. So I was, I was prepared cause it was going to be an outdoor kind of like carnival type of thing. And I was very much prepared to, to utilize that extroverted intuition, which again, we're going to go into in the cognitive function section. <clears throat> I'm loving it. Let me take a drink real quick. <clears throat> Um, to kind of give you a sample, extroverted intuition is about being playful and being open to the big picture and just kind of like being in the moment and going with it and, and seeing how things play out. And for me, I was making a very deliberate decision to activate that because I knew that if I was going to get through the night of being out and peopling that I needed to embrace that. 
But I also ran into a situation where <clears throat> Molly and some of her friends were trying to coordinate with each other to like meet each other and to meet up. And I was very just focused on like, I just want to wander and have fun. I don't want to just stand here. And I, so that, that activated my extroverted feeling, which is not as concerned with harmony as the rest of the people are, which is again, my, my weakest function. And everybody else was very concerned with making sure that everyone's needs were met. And I'm not so concerned with that. Um, so I literally said to Molly, like, um, that's not my problem, which is introverted thinking taking over and saying, what are you doing? It's kind of like, um, I think about, um, the incredible Hulk. <laughs> if you've seen infinity war, there's no spoilers here, but, um, if you've seen Infinity War, the Hulk is basically trapped inside of Banner. He's like, the Hulk is not coming out. and But any time the Hulk comes out, he's just angry. He's just like, he's like, I don't want to come out and play. And that is basically what I was protecting when I was out in the open. Because my introverted thinking doesn't want to be around all those people. But my extroverted intuition is cool with it. So if I have to use something that activates my introverted thinking, which was making a judgment about the situation, I was like, that is not my problem. That was my judgment in that moment, which I've since apologized and we've since talked about it because that was very rude of me. But it's just an example of me utilizing that in the world. And, um, you know, Molly and I talked about it and I explained what was going on and I explained basically what I just explained to you that I was kind of balancing between, I kind of went from extroverted intuition to extroverted feeling, which made my introverted thinking upset. And then I made a harsh judgment out loud, um, which was, which came out as extroverted feeling. So, uh, that, that's a lot of what was going on. So uh, because her and I speak the same language or like close enough to the same language, she can understand where I'm coming from and we can have a respect and a tolerance for each other in that regard. And then, um, the last one is parenting, which I don't have as much experience with in terms of, uh, uh, Myers-Briggs typing. It's important to understand that like, it's really hard to type children and it can be a little bit tricky because a lot of the things that we associate with children's behaviors are kind of unanimous or ubiquitous. Um, you know, the terrible twos, um, boys being a little bit more like touchy and playing with things, but you can, if you really pay attention and, you know, people will develop their cog their dominant strength first. And this kind of falls into cognitive functions again, but they'll, they'll start to form their dominant function first. So if they're an extroverted sensor, they're more likely going to, they're going to want to be outside. They're going to want to be around people. They're going to like touch everything because again, it's about sensing. So they're going to be using their senses a lot and um, getting out into the world. If they're going to be a, a judging type or an extroverted thinker, rather, they may be a little bit more organized and a little bit more structured. They may be more fascinated with like building blocks and things like that. But we don't think about the nuances of those things because, again, those are just seen as like, oh, typical children behavior. But those things, as you start to look for them, can be signs as to what your child's type is going to be as they get a little bit older. 
And as far as I know, typing is not hereditary. So like an INTP and an INTP is not going to make another INTP. They could make an extrovert. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not how, that's not how that works. It's not a, it's not an addition kind of thing. It's not a, it's not, it's not hereditary in that sense, as far as I understand. Um, so you have to be open to this, your child being this, this fresh palette of a person and that they could be anything. So it's important to consider that when you're kind of waiting for your kid to show more signs of being a type or another, that it's going to take some time. They're, they're going to develop their dominant function first and then secondary. And depending on their type, they could go directly to their inferior and then to their tertiary, which again, we'll talk about in our cognitive functions a little bit soon. Um, and start to develop different aspects of their personality over time. So again, there's going to be some things that are just generally commonalities and some things that are going to show themselves a little bit more often than others. Um, Molly's daughter is starting to show signs of being a TJ. She is just very matter of fact. She is just very concerned with like effectiveness and accuracy of information and is a little bit more objective about things. Uh, and, um, you know, when she is emotional, it comes out in more of like shorter emotional outbursts, but can typically compose herself really well. So, um, understanding, you know, over time, you, you just start to observe over time to see what your child's personality type is like and understand that, you know, you can, you can, you're, you're trying to learn about this little person because, there, there's something to consider when we're talking about parenting is that there are, there's passing on genes and then there's passing on ego. So when we're passing on our physical genes to our kid, our ego is like, I want to go too. <laughs> so as our kids get older, we are starting to teach them uh, things that we've learned. And sometimes that includes sensibilities that are better suited for our personality type and not necessarily suited for our child's personality type. You know, you could be intuitive parents and have sensor children that are more concerned with safety and they need information. They need to know uh, uh, specifically what's going on and where we're going next and what we're doing and have a plan. And the parents might not they may be like NFP types or something and be a little bit more looser and talk in generalities. And that could be very frustrating to the child and vice versa. If the parents are very structured and rigid and don't give their children room to be perceivers, if they are perceivers, then that's going to create some push and pull and some difficulty. So understanding that when it comes to parenting, you know, Myers-Briggs has helped me understand that more than anything, that they are their own people and they are not an extension of you. They are biologically an extension of you, but they have their own ego. Your ego dies with you and it's going to hurt to, to listen to, but your ego is your ego. You can teach them things and they'll pick up on things. Um, but ultimately for the purposes of them to be the best person that they can be, they need to learn their own personality type. They need to learn their strengths. And the best thing that you can do is continue down this path of learning personality types so that you can learn theirs as you start to learn what their type might be so you can effectively nurture them in the best way possible. So I hope all of that makes sense. Um, that was a lot, but I, I thought that was pretty good. That was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, typology as a tool, you know, just being real about what it is that you're here for. And we're going to take that into the next section, which is going to be about considerations. That means maturity, upbringing, and cultural considerations. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that segment of the course. Uh, in case you're confused with the language, it's it's these are literal rips from the course. So it's saying that we're going to go into a topic next. We're not going to actually do that here on the podcast. We're going to go through a couple of different random topics that are in the course. But the course itself, the Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX course, has 35 segments, at least 35 segments. I might record more. Um, and it's basically a bunch of mini podcasts. So it's 15 to 30 minutes of me talking about individual Myers-Briggs uh, types and concepts and really, really breaking it down. So we talk about things like introvert versus extrovert, intuitive versus sensor. We talk about ambiverts. We talk about figuring out your type. We talk about, um, you know, uh, religion and politics and how that relates to people's understanding of Myers-Briggs. Some tools that you can use Myers-Briggs as using typology as a tool for your career and relationships and talking about considerations, uh, things to think about in terms of maturity level, upbringing, culture, things like that. So there's a lot to break down. There's so much. The This week is going to be MBTI week and there is I'm going to share five of those segments this week, um, but make sure that if you are interested in diving into much more, which there are 30 more segments that you are not hearing on this podcast, go check it out at cnote.media. Scroll down a little bit to the right. It'll see it'll say Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX and uh, click on that and you pay $49, which will be the price until Friday, until this week is over. So go check that out. Go purchase that because then you'll get the full course before the half price and it'll go back up to $99 after Friday. So go pick it up now, go check it out. So uh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. See you guys. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later.